Welcome to track number 7 of Apocalypse. Apocalypse number 17. Oh, thank you Jesus. Ah. Ah. Manazombre zemandes. Tilegre zemajoms and brebilos macadabres. Tolestes. Catol perimegues. Now, this apocalypse that is coming. <laughs> It's, it's, it reminds me of a certain prayer that Archbishop Nick prayed one day. Yeah. He was praying. Then he reached a certain place. And he said, Lord, we cancel all decisions. You see, we will be binding spirits too, but he was canceling decisions. <laughs> that are taken against my life and my, my future. And every meeting that is being held about me. I said, hey, I've never prayed to cancel decisions before. But do you know that your life is where it's because of decisions? People have meetings and they decide. You take a decision and say, this is the decision that we have taken. Then before you realize, we are moving nowhere. <laughs> Mercy. Decision taken. Alright, now, verse 1. There came one of the seven angels, which had the seven powers, that took with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made to drink with the wine of her fornication. Fornication is often described as wine. It's such that it calls you to come back for more. It intoxicates you. You cannot think normally. So he carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman full of names. Having seven heads and ten horns. Alright. Let's go to verse 9. To cut a long story short. And here is the mind that hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. On which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen and one is. And the other is not yet come. When he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not. Even he is the eighth and is of the seventh. And goeth into perdition. Do you understand it? Huh? No, me too. I don't understand it. Verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings. Which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. You see, it's like pastors who have been appointed, but don't have a church yet. Are you listening to me? Yes. These are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. Jimmy, are you there? That's why we must train pastors. Even when we have to appoint them and they have received no kingdom as yet, we must still appoint them. And you people must aim to become pastors. Because a time will come, God will give you a kingdom. And he will give you a place to minister. So all the exams we are doing in the church, the Poemen Academy, do you have that here? 
and all the other things in the school desire to become one of the kings or one of the pastors you understand even if there's no church to pastor today here a time will come when he says there are 10 kings which have received no kingdom as yet but they are still appointed as kings but a time will come when they will be given their kingdoms (laughs) are you understanding what i'm saying yeah and he will give you a place to minister so all the exams we are doing in the church the poemen academy do you have that here and all the other things in the school desire to become one of the kings or one of the pastors you understand even if there's no church to pastor today here a time will come when he says there are 10 kings which have received no kingdom as yet but they are still appointed as kings but a time will come when they will be given their kingdoms (laughs) are you understanding what i'm saying yes so some of you, you, you must do all the exams, everything, and become appointed as kings. A time will come when you will be given the opportunity. God will open the door. He will send you to Ukraine. He will send you to Czechoslovakia. He will send you here. He will send you to different parts of the world. And he will use you. And you will now receive a kingdom or an opportunity to work for God. But you must be serious in the church. How many are not yet pastors? Raise your hand. Huh? good but you can become yes do the studies the different things that have to be done you understand so that at the end of the day god will open the door and when he does we want to see you running through these are 10 kings which have received no kingdom as yet but they will receive it receive it one okay now verse 13 these have one mind all these kings who they have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast look they were very successful though it was only god who could destroy them they give their power and strength to one person you are our leader who give you the strength if you are in the basel church duke are you in the basel church is there anybody here from basel uh-huh. good Give the strength to your pastor. Make him stronger. Because you see, when he is stronger, when he speaks, things will go far. There are people, one of the things commonly that I have heard of people who are outside the churches. Why do you love this man so much? That's me. Why? Is he God? You see, because people are not used to being in a church where they love their leader or their pastor. And it pains them. If it's paining, you go and buy Panadol, Tylenol, whatever. Then the pains will go down. Why don't you criticize him? Why don't you fight him? Why have you given him so much strength? It's a key. That's, what, that's one of the reasons why we are still going on. For the 1,200 and whatever days. We too, we are, God has also shown me that it's also not forever. For the season that the thing will work, I'm also pressing hard. When it's over, it's over. Me, I just want to look back and say, Charlie, I did my best. I did my best. Was the chance? The Lord was blessing. I did my best. I raised funds. I preached. I went. I traveled. Oh, there was nothing that I held back. I said it all. Preached it all. I wrote them. Published. I tried. I tried my best. I gave what I could give. Amen. Amen. They shall give their strength. 
So don't be sad. Don't be annoyed. Rather learn it. Whichever church it is. Give the pastor full support in the church and then in your flat. In your room. Never say even one bad word to to, to, your, uh, to your wife. You see, Bishop Nick, he used to tell me, he said, there are certain pastors, when they go to the house, their wives will say certain things to them. When they come next week, their mind has changed. <laughs> it's true. Discussions at home are different from discussions in the church. Is it not true? Tell me the truth. Raise your hand if what I'm saying is Smiles in the church are different from what is said in the car on the way home and what is said when you are in the house. Baffing and you will be shouting, come, I want to tell you something. And then you will be saying things. When they have served you food and you are full, begin to speak certain things. Is it not true? Yeah. Me, I have a wife who there are things where my wife says, I begin to think. Thoughts that I have not thought before. Because she's a woman. She's a wife. One guy, he came from South Africa. As he's a missionary, we are training him. He came earlier. So when he came, he was very happy with Ghana. Later I saw him, I said, come. Come back to Ghana. I need you to come and be here for some time. So this time he came with his wife. So after some time he was in Ghana, I said, how is Ghana? He said, Bishop, you know, the first time I came, I didn't come with my wife. Now that I've come with my wife, I'm seeing so many things I never saw before. (laughs) I am seeing so many things I never saw before. (laughs) She has eyes and certain comments that will be made in the house before you realize your pastors have changed their minds. (laughs) Mercy. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. We must have pastors who understand this principle. Give your power and strength. One day, I was talking to Bishop Duncan Williams. And I was asking, what is he doing in the ministry? You know what he said to me? He said, I am tired of these pastors. He said, he said, he said, listen, he said, I am tired of being like Noah. I said, hey. I said, what do you mean? He said, Noah who sent out beds who never came back. <laughs> it's like he has trained a lot of pastors. And when he sent them out, they never come back. <laughs> I'm tired of being like Noah. Sending out beds which never come back to the ship. <laughs> May you not be like Noah's beds. We are a family. Amen. And we must work together. Do not be one of the beds who are sent out who never returns. <laughs> Look at the success. Look at the, the that this guy, this beast and false but if it were not for Christ and his power he would have ruled over the whole wide world because they use certain principles which God has been trying to tell us for years that we keep on working for the devil dividing ourselves into little pieces and fighting one another please remind me about the bottomless pit in case I close before 
the bottomless pit. Make sure I tell you about bottomless pit before we go home. <laughs> I'm tired of being like Noah, sending out birds which never come back. He said, all these are one, and they give their strength to the beast. All of them. So this is our leader. The largest church in the world, redeemed. That's how they are. One mind, all of them. I preached at a redeemed church last week. As I stood at a redeemed church, they said, oh, well, welcome our, our pastor from Scotland, another pastor from Denmark, another pastor from here, pastor from here. Different places. The one of their churches was doing a convention. All the friends, they all just came out. So we had one family. So I said, why don't you say, so we have a higher mind than that. So our mind is higher than that. It's a family. Yeah. And that's how come the church is working, 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 working. Because of that mind. You see seven pastors. None of them is like Noah's bed. They are all stable people. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Who, when they are sent out, can they come back? Yes. Yes. All seven of them say we have one mind have one mind yes yes it is important that's what gives us strength and as you put up with the errors of your leader your errors are also being accommodated and gradually we are all going to heaven humbly carefully and we are moving on with our imperfections hopefully when jesus sees us he will accept us by our by the blood of jesus give the lord a shout of amen all right now are you there okay let's go on and this shall make war with the lamb you see our enemy is one and the lamb shall overcome them for he is lord of lords and king of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful Amen. amen then he said unto me the waters which thou sawest verse 15 revelation 17 verse 15 the waters with thou sword, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Anytime you have a vision, you see a lot of water. All right, it's speaking of people. All right. Now, the ten horns with thou sword upon the beast, these shall do what? Hate the whore and make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Now, notice verse 7. This is the, this is the verse I want you to see. The last verse. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. Number one, and to agree. Number two, and to give their kingdom unto the beast. Number three, until words of God are fulfilled. Brothers, to fulfill his will. That is why the pastor was praying against decisions that are taken. Because you see, even when people agree, it is God who has put it in their hearts to agree. You must think so. When, when somebody's mind becomes very difficult and he is not listening to you, God has put it in his heart not to agree. Do you believe in God or you don't believe in God? If you believe in God, listen to what I'm saying. God has put it in their heart. Whatever his will is, thinking that way until they do it. Until God's will is lived out. And to agree. And to give their power and strength to this guy until all the words of God are fulfilled. That's why I don't struggle with so many things. I see it as God's will. You see, at first I, I used to think that a lot of things are the devil. But now I believe I belong to God. I don't belong to the devil. God is the one who is ruling my life. 
and I believe that God knows what he's doing in my life. So if there are certain people who have decided to agree or to think a certain way, and have decided to be against or to be a state or to be rigid or to be like this, I have faith in my God that my God has put it in their heart to fulfill his will and to agree or to think a certain way until, 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 until all of the words of God are fulfilled. Yes. Whether it's at your workplace, whether it is your husband, whether it is your marriage, whether it is your wife. One pastor was telling me, he said, I tried. I tried to talk to my wife not to divorce me. You see him on television all the time. He got divorced. He said to me, I talked to my wife. I talked to her. I said, please. They said, my son knelt down and begged. Please, mommy, please. You have taught us all these years to submit to the word of God. Do not leave daddy. She said, no, no. And he was left with no choice. And she left him. Hey! Whenever I see that man of God and I talk with him, I can see how it hurts him. But I see some of these things from afar. You think that, oh, this man, he has seen another woman is going to marry her and so on. But when you talk to him, you see that the grace says sometimes when he gets angry with people and he's trying to blast them, and the devil tells him, hey, be careful. This man, he could keep his wife. You, you couldn't keep your wife. Then he becomes quiet and he goes to sit down. Oh, he said the, 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 the voice will come and say, hey, this man, he, his wife is with you. You, you couldn't keep your wife with you. She has left. Shh. And he becomes quiet. But you see, it has worked in him a humility which maybe is so necessary before he dies. Which is the highest quality. Humility. But it broke him down. Because God has put it in their heart to fulfill his will. And to agree. God is the one who makes them agree. <laughs> and to keep their strength here. So we've all taught this. Until God's will is fulfilled. Hey! Hey, hey! You are where you are because of certain thinking of certain people. Some of you, you don't have a marriage because somebody thought in the wrong way. Yeah. Even you yourself, some of the decisions you took. Forget. What do you say? Yes. Some of the people came to marry you. Hi, baby. I love you, baby. And you sat them. Get out. One after the other. Hi, baby. Shut up and get out. I love you, baby. Get out of my life. Until all the 17 were finished. And there shall be no more after the 17. <laughs> if I stand here and you decide you are going to give, I believe God has put it in your heart. If you don't want to give, I believe that God has put it in your heart not to agree. That's how I that's what I believe. I mean, now my belief is in God. You see, my faith level has gone higher. At first, I used to believe that if I pray this, then therefore this will happen and this will happen. I have four steps. One, two, three, four. These are those steps. I've put them aside. Now, I believe in the person of God. That God is a great, powerful God. And that He, he holds the whole world in His hand and He rules in the affairs of men. I was talking to one sister. Her husband died. You know, sometimes... People ask me, what do you tell these people? I took care. I said, come with me. I want to, let's go to your husband's grave. I want to talk to you over there. 
I want to encourage you. What do you say? In the midst of your years, I asked you and your husband, did you ever discuss that? He said, it never came up in our life that one of us would die. Happily married. Young Christian couple. And I said, Lord, show me. The Lord gave me scripture. He said, look, a sparrow, the Bible says, a sparrow cannot fall to the earth except your heavenly father is our A sparrow. How much more a human being? And then how much more a Christian? And how much more somebody who was going to be a pastor? Unless you don't believe in the God, you see. You see, that is where you believe in a formula, but not in God. We want a formula. As for God, it means riches, happiness, living in the, by the lake forever and ever with a balcony. Your children will grow up. They will come back with grandchildren and you live happily ever after. Amen. That's the formula. That's your, but that's not how life is. Most of the time it is not like that. But now I believe in God. My faith is God. You have chosen it that way. I like it. When I suffer with things that I don't want, I say, Lord, thank you for this thing. Embrace it. Embrace what makes you humble. That was Paul's secret that people don't know. When he had something that he could not control, he embraced it. He said, therefore, I take pleasure in distresses, in weaknesses, in reproaches. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. May the power of Christ rest upon you in your weakness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God has put it in their heart. If one day your husband leaves you, remember this scripture. If one day your wife takes off, try. Try to wrap her. Try to talk to her. She shouldn't do anything. Call me. Call anyone. Talk to her. If she still goes, now you have to apply these type of scriptures. These are emergency scriptures that I used in emergencies. (laughs) This is what we call lifeboat scriptures. Yes. When the whole thing is going down, these are what you sit inside to keep afloat. What should I tell a young lady whose husband is there? She was happily married to her. What should I tell her? What should I tell her? These are the scriptures. God. God is great. Allah Akbar. That's what the Muslims say. God is great. Wow. wow. Do you believe in God? I yeah. That's why, you know, even though I'm doing so many things, I take it one at a time. If God doesn't want it, it will never happen. When we build, that's why we don't owe anybody. By the grace of God, do you know how many church buildings we are? We are building 128 church buildings in Ghana at the same time. One roof of one building, the metal trusses like this, it costs about roughly about $10,000. And then the pellings cost also about $10,000. And the roofing sheet costs about $89 million, which is almost $10,000. That is after we have bought the land and built the thing up to that point where you have to roof. We have 128 of that one. Before and we are building them all at the same time, but we don't owe anybody. When the money gets finished, stop work. Have you heard it in school before? Get ready to stop work. Stop and then stop, 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 stop. No debt. If God wants me to build it, we will build it. If He doesn't want to be, just stop everything, please. Ladies, some of you are praying to man. Lord, speak to him, Lord. Speak to him, Lord. Let him, let him see me today. Let him see. look. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. If God wants him to marry you, God will put it in his heart to like you. Haven't you come for weddings before? 
is it the most beautiful girl in the church who gets married every Sunday? No. We don't want to say it, but it is not the most beautiful girl in the church. Sometimes the most beautiful girls are sitting there. Nobody has looked their way. And sometimes you wonder why the most beautiful ladies in the church I'm not saying if you are very beautiful, you don't get married. But I'm saying that sometimes you wonder, why doesn't anybody like this person? One day I talked to her sister. I said, sister, has anybody proposed to you before? She said, nobody. No one has ever, ever asked me since I was born. I said, oh. So I went to talk to her brother. I said, brother, no. (laughs) (laughs) God has not put it in anybody's heart to be interested in you. Huh? (laughs) Are you enjoying the scriptures? Enjoying the scriptures. These are the scriptures. For God has put it in their heart to agree and to fulfill well. So that guy who has come to propose to them, Hi baby. I love you baby. Think carefully before you sack him. Maybe God has put it in his heart. Maybe. 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 God has put it in his heart. To like you. Because it doesn't seem that he's looking at beauty. When you yourself look in the mirror, you can see that. He's not looking at beauty. (laughs) Forget. One day, two pastors were discussing. <laughs> two pastors were discussing. Because there was a certain sister, everybody wanted to marry her. Hey! But the pastors couldn't say it. That she was not the most beautiful girl. Or that she was quite far from being the most beautiful girl in the church. So nobody knew how to say it. But they were trying to say, it is wonderful. It is amazing. It is wonderful. Why everybody wants to marry her? And I, I myself, I was thinking about when they were, but I also couldn't say it. Say, hey, everybody wants to marry her. And every time somebody comes, she says, no, I don't like him. I said, and I said, hey, you are quite far from being Princess Diana also. <laughs> it's God's grace, oh. God will drop it. Reverend Saki. How did I meet Reverend Saki? I didn't go to the same school with him. One of the blessings that I've had is to have somebody like that. I never went to the same, but he... He had it in his heart. Somebody had mentioned, he said, there is a certain half-caste boy who is very radical. When you go to first, year, look for him. And it was in his mind. I'm looking for that guy. And one day, he was walking down this road, and I was walking down, and I was shouting in tongues on the road, Kaba He said, who is the guy who is shouting? It must be that guy that I've heard about. So he came to join me. You see, God put it in his heart. Even before he came to the school. Because I didn't know him from childhood. Amen. Amen. Some of you, even the way you join the church, it's God who put it in your heart. Yeah, God just put it in your heart that I will be here. I mean, there's no explanation. Yeah. I'm not even nice looking to you. Like God has put it in your heart to come. Yes. Just God put it in your heart. Sometimes I ask people, how many of you have criticized me before? Then they will raise their they are in the church, but they used to criticize me. One guy said, I used to speak against you. Today he's become a missionary. I'm sending him somewhere. <laughs> uh, every time I look at it, I say, Lord, 
I don't want to bear any grudge against this guy. It's amazing. God, you can be against somebody and God will put it in your heart to agree now with this person. One lady, she was in Accra. She was criticizing. Ducky what mill, ducky what mill, ducky what mill, ducky what mills. Criticizing. Then one day, she needed a school for her child. She wasn't getting any school. She went here, she went here. She, then one day she came, Lighthouse Nursery. And she said, Ah, this school is so good. This school, she said, Ducky what mills, he tries so. He's really doing well. Now she has changed her mind about me completely. So one minute, they are against you. One minute, they are for you. It's God who puts it in their heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Apocalypse number 18. I don't know why you are interested in 18 because the 18 one is a bit some way. Forgive. How many of you find sometimes that you like particular people? God has put it in your heart to like the person. Yes, I believe that. I do not believe liking is even natural. Why? Because God said, I'm going to send people to deliver my people. Then the Bible says, and Moses saw a certain woman and he was interested in her. Not Moses, Moses' father. A certain Levite. He saw eh, a woman. So even that attraction, God had already said, I'm going to send a deliverer. And the whole thing started by the guy spying some woman. I think I like this girl. So even that attraction was a supernatural. Those of you who say, one guy said, uh, I think I want to put my wife aside because uh, the scripture says that what God has joined together, let no man put us under. But I can be sure that it's not God who put us together. <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't say that. It's not God who put us together. God is the one who put you together. That's how he puts people together. By the way you did it. That's the way God does it. Yeah. Uh, but we slept together. You see, originally we were just doing something, something. Then we slept together before we realized we were doing certain things. And then I realized that let me just marry her so that there will be no confusion. So it wasn't something that God, I was falling into sin. Yeah, that is how God brought you together. That's how God brought you together. Yeah, that's how God brought you together. Of those of you who are married and later you come up with theories uh, you see in those days we were in darkness you see one time Jacob when Jacob married Leah it was in the night so he couldn't see that it was Leah it was in the morning that he saw that it's not Rachel so pastor I want you to know that it was in the evening when I got married to this wife but now I want to have a wedding in the morning so that I can see what I will marry. <laughs> hey! But my first marriage was when I first came to Switzerland. It was a night marriage. I didn't know what I was doing. But now, my eyes are open. Your mouth like your eyes. You are going to leave your wife. Stay with her. When you were lying to her and telling her things, God has seen it all. Be there. That is your marriage. That's what you have. That's what has joined. Don't look. One day I was sitting with a guy. Then, actually, it was the lady who came to see me. She said, Pastor. I said, What is it? She said, My husband is asking me to do something. I said, What? 
He said he wants me to be pregnant. So I said, how old are you? He said, I'm just about 50. (laughs) I think she was 49, 50. So, I said, so what is the problem? He says that he wants me to go to Ghana to go. This is a white lady. He said, he wants me to go to Ghana to go and have special fertility treatment because he said that he hears that there are powerful fertility doctors in Ghana. So I said, I see. So I said, how old are you? Then she told me. Then she said, in addition, <laughs> my menopause has come already. <laughs> so I, I called the husband. I said, husband, come. The husband was a Nigerian brother. I said, brother, come. No, I want you to know where everybody is from. They are going to Ghana, but they are from Nigeria. So I said, I called the brother. I said, so brother, what do you say? Well, I wanted to have where I come from. It's very important to have a job. I said, okay. So you want to say, yes. I need it. I need it now. Then the lady also said, in addition, in addition to the 50 years old, and in addition to the menopause, I have tied my tubes. Because she had some children, so she has tied the tubes. So she has tied the tubes, which means you, you have been sterilized. So now, number one, she sterilized about 10 years ago. Number two, she's menopause. And number three, she's 50. And the guy, so I said, brother, brother, do you know what you are saying? <laughs> so when he got to a point, I said, I, said, I said to my friend, my friend, we are not children. If you want to leave your wife, say that you want to leave your wife. Don't come up with these fairy tales and imagination and tricks. We are not children. Your wife is menopausal. Her period has finished. She has passed the stage of giving birth. And you are insisting that she should go to Ghana. Do you know what is in Ghana? Have you been there before? Which doctor is going to make her give birth? And number two, she's 50 years old. Even 35, they cannot easily give birth. And number three, she has tied the tubes. I said, please. You see, people have different tricks. These are some of the scriptures. It was in the evening when I got married. <laughs> I didn't see clearly. And you tell, look at Rachel, uh, Leah. When he married, he slept with her. It was in the evening. He said, oh, oh, this is not what I wanted to marry. Oh. No, I'm saying this because we have a lot of these kind of crooked things. Yeah. You marry, and your aim was to get papers. Now you've got your papers. You want to cast out the person through whom you have papers. May God have mercy on you. May God have mercy on you. Huh? Yeah. 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 Mercy. Now, Christians, let's not be unfaithful. Yes, let's not be wicked. We want the blessings of God. Well, you see, when you are reaping it, don't forget that scripture. When you are doing that, don't forget that thou art worthy, O Lord, because thou hast given them blood to drink. Why? Because they have shed the blood 
of the saints. When the reward is coming, you will be surprised at what it is like. Amen. Amen. Alright, where are we? Okay, 18. Apocalypse, we are ending. Alright, now, are you there? After these things, I saw another angel. Apocalypse number 18. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and therefore was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, Babylon the great is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornications with her. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich. Hmm? Through the abundance of her delicacies. Alright. I just want to end Revelations 18. I mean the Apocalypse 18 here with this verse. This verse is one of the most amazing windows. Into how demons come into people. Do you see? Huh? How many want to know how an evil spirit can come into you? This is, a, this is the best window. He said, Babylon the great is fallen has become the habitation of devils. Huh? Why? Because what? Read your Bible. What does it say? All nations. Listen, listen, listen. The question is, why have so many birds come into the house? Hateful birds, evil spirits, and clean birds. Why? Why? question is why. The answer is for or because because what? All nations have drunk of the wine of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Amen. Now listen. This is one of the key things that bring about evil spirits. Fornication. How many have committed fornication before? Most of us have committed fornication before. Alright. You may not easily raise your hand, but you are here. You see. Now, Yes. Listen. Listen carefully. It's not that every time you commit fornication, an evil spirit comes. Usually, if you like, look at the different people you've committed fornication. You realize that one particular person, is that for the kings of the earth, have committed fornication with her. You realize that some particular kings, when they slept with you, (laughs) you changed from that time. Is there anybody who can bear that testimony? It's like a particular person. You see that you change. And yeah, <laughs> I, I know it's a good message, but they are all pretending they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I, I, I'll preach. I still know what I'm doing. Ladies, if you have had 18 partners, or not partners, but customers, or as you say, visitors, <laughs> come and go, or sessions, or whatever you'll find out that some of them bring about the presence of evil spirits. And so sometimes you need to be delivered. But sometimes as you keep coming to church, the evil spirits go out. Because that thing I saw, the birds coming out of the mattress, it was like the presence of God was so much, it was now causing them to fly and become agitated. And then they came out. Are you listening? Now, listen carefully. Try not to commit fornication anymore. Amen. Tell somebody, sister, we have stopped. So stop from today. Amen. 
Do you agree? Do you agree? Now, this is a wonderful thing. And all of us can relate with it. But, what is more surprising is what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) This first part is the easy part. The first part of source of demons is the easy part. The part I'm about to show you is the difficult part. Okay, you didn't finish reading the verse. That's why you, you are looking at me. He says, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of God. This is why demons have come. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication. That's why they have come. Now the part. And the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Demons have come into Babylon because she grew rich. Because they have waxed rich. Not only committed fornication, but have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Whatever the source of but the point is that they have waxed rich. As you wax richer, demons tend to come. That's why rich people have a lot of evil spirits. And that's why when Jesus was giving the example of somebody who went to hell, he used the example of a rich man. There was a certain rich man which fell sumptuously. Have you not seen the riches of Europe? What has it brought here? As they have waxed rich of delicacies in Europe, in Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Italy, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, France. As they have waxed richer, more and more spirits, demons, evil hordes and hateful birds have aggregated and congregated here from all over the world. Because they have waxed rich. Why? Is our riches evil? Riches are potentially evil because it is Satan's main physical element that he uses. So much so that when Jesus was saying who the challenger of God was, he didn't use the word Satan. He said, You cannot serve God or Mammon. And that is why when pastors become rich, they easily have evil spirits coming into them. Yes, pastors. Demons of pride. The richer you are, the more you forget God. As soon as you start to work, you get ready for demons. You see Ghanaians and Nigerians who are humble where they came from. They come here. And they start to wax rich. You see spirits entering into their lives. Demons of pride. If it were not for certain seniors, you would not be here. One doctor in America, she was telling me, she said, Bishop, if this to me, I will not be sitting here today. I was sitting here talking to her. She was impoverished, even though she was a doctor. Through Simeazos, I said, if it were not for that, you will not be here. Thank God. As riches come, demons come. As you are going to fornicate, expect demons. As you are waxing rich, expect demons. Mercy. Demons of pride. That's why miracles cannot happen at certain places. You have to go away. That's why crowds will not gather at a certain place because of the arrogance and the pride. Every nation is like that. Every community is like that. As soon as they begin to grow rich, the evil spirits begin to gather. 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 It's like the acquisition and the gathering of riches is almost like a magnet that attracts evil spirits. So as you are here, you see, and when God gives you an opportunity to give, it, 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 it breaks the power. 
that these things have over your life to bring evil spirits into your spirits of covetousness, of greed, of pride, of arrogance, of selfishness, of, of all kinds of strange and wild things. God's power breaks as you give. That's why you have to give. Those of you, may I encourage you to give. Be givers. Don't hold on. Don't be. Don't let this thing affect you. Yeah. Don't let it get into you, because all that you do is to gather and to heap up for things that will never materialize, and it breaks your heart. Because the more you have, the more you want. When I was in Seattle, the church was full of millionaires. A church, one, a church I was invited to preach at. Oh, my brother and my sister, I tell you, to my surprise. I thought millionaires would be happy. But now, they were aiming to be levels of millionaires. One millionaire we were with, he dropped his wife out. What happened was they were taking a baby chair. And the baby chair couldn't fit into the car with the people. So the lady said, look, I'll just wait here so that you drop them with the baby chair and come back. When the husband dropped her and came back, by the time he came back, she had spent $5,000. I mean, she just went into the shop. She wasn't planning to. She was just waiting at the front of the shop. By the time the husband, just whiling the time away, by the time the husband went and came back, she had spent 5,000 US dollars buying scarves and other things, just looking around. <laughs> I'm talking about millionaires. And they, they said, oh, this guy, is, he has about $500 million. And this $100 million, And it's like, the, the, the goal is to acquire certain numbers of millions. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore. And it's like, it, it, it's just something that you just have. But God wants us to have money and not have demons. How many are ready to have money without demons? Yes. May you enjoy God's abundance without evil spirits. One day I was walking in Accra. Through a rich area, a rich environment. And the Lord said to me, This area, there are a lot of sad people here. Do you know that many times with the nice houses and the nice cars, who people would have thought Switzerland would be the happiest nation on this earth? It has the highest suicide rate in the whole wide world. My my one of my sisters, she said to me, Whenever I come to Switzerland, I feel a certain panic. So I don't know why. I said, Oh, I also have that feeling. It's like a fear of something, you don't know what you are afraid of. Hey. The spirits are here. Suicide, murder. It's like it's not enough. Everything is useless. Despondency, depression, HIV, gay marriages, anything, whatever, drugs. I mean, all those spirits come with the growing of riches. That is why God is showing you that the mark of the beast is an economic mark. Let it not possess you. All of you must learn how to give. You must, let me, if you are in Switzerland, you must learn how to give thousand francs. It's something that should happen in your life easily. I'm telling you, let me tell you, I'm speaking by the, by the, I believe by the Spirit of God. It's something that should not struggle with you. Because many of you spend thousand francs for your rent a month. Don't tell me that you don't spend a thousand francs. You spend more than a thousand francs. But it's like for God and for God's heart, once in a blue moon is too much. You are sick. You have a problem. You need to be delivered. Yes. Yes. Because as you wax rich, it's like God diminishes in your importance. No time for God. No time for this. No time for that. 
when you die. The Bible says, a certain rich man, he accumulated and he said, what shall I do? He said, let me get bands, bigger bands. And God said, tonight I need you. I need you up here to discuss something with you. And the Bible says, thou fool. Who shall those things be that you have gathered? Who shall use them? Who shall use them? Come to the mortuary and I'll show you the equalization of all men. You will see them lying there naked and dead. Even when these doctors died, one of them was a young doctor and the others were old. One was 80 something years, one was 60 something. All of them were together. They put them on the throne. The youngest with the oldest, his head, the youngest legs were by the face of the oldest one. I was looking at them in the mortuary. Has turned into nothing. And the nurses, they are bad. They were, they were gossiping. They said, oh, This one doesn't know God. This one knows God. <laughs> as the Lord blesses me as a pastor, I, I have to examine myself. Lest I will now say, I don't do certain things anymore. I can't go to certain places anymore. Certain things are below me. And before I realize, certain spirits are now coming into my life. And things that were not there are now fastening themselves onto me. Why? Just because I'm becoming richer or more blessed than I've ever been in my life. What a danger. And that's one of the reasons why God has to direct you with money. I believe God, mother, he will lead you. If you are a real Christian, God will always say, sow a seed in this person's life. Give to this person. Give to this cause. It is something that happens all the time. And God is demonstrating his power over that thing. So that he is showing you that he is greater than that. He said, give this. Give this. Give that. And that's what we need. But when you also hold it, then you are saying, God, be there. Come into my life and take these four rooms. But these two rooms don't come there. They are not welcome there. But what we need to say is, Lord, come into my heart. Open all the doors. And throw the keys away. It's for you. All the days of my life. May God bless you abundantly in Switzerland, in Italy, in Germany, in France, in where? In Austria. Everywhere. May God bless you in Italy. Everywhere you are. In the UK. And may he raise you up. And establish you in Ghana, Nigeria, anywhere, Haiti, Cameroon, Togo, Jamaica, Trinidad, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, in Jesus' name. And may his blessings be upon us. And put your hands on your eyes. How many have received revelation today? Put your hand on your eyes. Lord, continue the spirit of revelation. Open our eyes that we may see. And we may not forget. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let us see what we could not see. That your blessing will be permanent. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. All right. The bottom left pit. The bottom left pit. Maybe tomorrow. I shall mention it tomorrow. You want to know about the bottomless pit? I promise. Alright. Okay, I'll just show you chapter chapter 20. But this one we've closed, so we are just doing something extra. P.S. Postscript. Oh, and I saw an angel come down from heaven. Having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. 
And he laid hold on the dragon. That old serpent. Which is the devil. And Satan. And bound him a thousand years. Everybody clap for Jesus. Alright. Now. He cast him into the bottomless pit. And shut him up. And set a seal upon him. That he should deceive the nations no more. Till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. The will of God will be mysterious. Why not put this devil away forever? Thousand years. Meanwhile, the beast and the false prophet were in the lake of fire in advance. And the devil, the dragon was now being put at another section. The bottomless pit. I don't know why. And I saw thrones. And they sat upon them. Judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded, which had not worshipped the beast nor his image. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and reign with him a thousand years. How many want to be with God? Thousand years. All right. Now, when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle. And the number of them is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the prophet are in advance. And they shall be tormented night and day forever. And later on all the dead were judged and they were also put into the lake of fire. So this place those of you who are afraid of haunted houses, haunted films, the devil the false prophet and the beast, that's where they are going to be in the lake of fire. So if you are also going there it's not going to be an easy place for you. Forgive. It should not be a horror film. It should be a real something. Now listen. The dragon. He was bound for 1,000 years. And what happened? Peace came to the earth for 1,000 years. No wars. No quarrels. No divorces. No problems. Peace. There was peace, absolute peace. They were reigning, there was peace in the whole world for 1,000 years. We're not here quarreling. We're not here fighting. This is to show the source of all our conflict. Then, he's released for a short while. Short presence of the devil. The Bible says he guarded the nations from the four corners. A short time and you have been released. Oh. Listen, I say a short season that you are released. You have been you have been bound for all these years. He was able to gather Bible says, and the number of people were as the sand of the sea to fight with God and against the beloved city. And they also came. People who were living all over the world peaceful. The presence of the devil now motivated them to go and fight, fighting they have not fought for a thousand years. Eh? And now they were going for a war. Against who? Against God's 
city. Did you see it? Huh? And they went up and come upon the breath of their verse 9 and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. Amen. Amen. When I read this, I realized it is only the presence of the dragon and the serpent that makes us fight saints. It is the presence of Satan that causes fights. Who are they going to fight with? The camp of the saints and the beloved city. How else can we define this fight as a useless fight? Some of you are fighting useless fights in your life. It is because of the presence of the devil and demons in your life. That is the only reason why you are fighting. The day demons are removed from your life, you will have a ceasefire instantly. That's why I don't want to quarrel with anybody. Because it's a sign of the presence of the devil in my life. That he is having some effect in my life. No matter, our church must not quarrel with any church. Because it's a sign of the presence of demonic activity in the church. We must not fight with any pastor. Because it's a sign of the presence of demonic activity in the church and in the leadership of the church. And as soon as Satan is bound, there will be instant peace which will continue as long as the presence of the dragon is not there. When the dragon comes into the picture, you will get up and start to fight with that person. I will get up and start to contend with that person. This one will get up and start to fight. Husband will fight against wife. Man will fight against woman. Man against man. Church against church. Pastor against pastor. Person to person. Against person. And it's all as a result of the presence of the devil. For a thousand years there was no problem. And he was released for a short while. And not just one or two people. The whole earth. Satan's powers to lead you to a useless fight are unimaginable. I'll say it again. I say Satan's powers and apparent ability to lead you and me to fights that we should never fight are unimaginable. May you never fight a useless fight. Die a foolish death and go on a foolish war against any issue, anybody, anything. It's better to leave it. Let God be God. And let him fight any fight he wants to fight for us. Three things belong to God. Number one, the tithe belongs to the Lord. Number two, the glory belongs to the Lord. And number three, revenge belongs to God. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. You don't fight. How many realize that there are certain battles? Maybe somebody even owes you money. And you are, you see, you, you are fighting with the person over the money. Leave the money. Leave it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Forget about it. It's not worth it. Maybe somebody is doing something very bad to you. Leave it. It's okay. Leave it the person to God. God is great. Is greater than your powers. You see, when, when you start to revenge, God says, okay, then I won't do anything. I was going to do the whole thing myself. <laughs> when God is giving people blood to drink, you would you have given somebody blood to drink? God is more wicked than any of us here. If he says he's taking you on, you will beg. <laughs> May every bottomless pit spirit not have power over our lives. Amen. And that is why I believe in peace. Yes. 
Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Let God bless you. Let God bless you. Let God fight for you. One day somebody was owing me money and I said, I will make the person pay. God told me, leave it. And I said, I will fight it. I fought it and fought. There are people, they are more professional thieves than you can even fight them. And I fought them and fought them. And I never got the money up to today. And I lost my blessing to obey God and even sow a seed. I fought. I let God let there be no case that can pull you. Is there any case that can pull you? Some of you ladies, somebody is coming for your man. It can pull you. Huh? Yeah. In the house, those of you who are married, there are cases that can pull you to fight. Is it not true? More cases. Leave it. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Leave it to God. God will save you. And you remember the scripture we read, one of the apocalypses? That God has put it in their heart. <laughs> God has put it in their heart. Amen. Amen. And how many people was he able to bring? Just one or two in the church? No. As, as the sand of the sea. <laughs> that means all of us. <laughs> so can it be possible that when we are here for a thousand years enjoying peace, Satan will come and lead us? Hey, then are we safe? We have to learn it now. Not to fight. So that one day if he's coming to live. And they were, a fire came down from heaven and devoured all of them. Look at the end of it. And they were all destroyed and sent to hell. The fight you are fighting will not lead to any good thing. It will lead to your destruction. You think you are going to destroy him. But in the end you will be destroyed. One day I was telling somebody who was harassing us. But I said in the end you will be destroyed. And now she's like a mental patient. As she will not leave this case. I said leave this case. Leave the case. Case now you are almost mad. Fire came down from heaven and devoured them. May God save you from useless, foolish fights. In conclusion, I always remember when one of our soldiers in church, he went to Liberia, or I don't know whether it was him or some brothers. They were telling me that when you go there, most of the soldiers who have been sent on peacekeeping from Nigeria, Ghana, they were into diamond mining. And they were running taxi business and other things in Liberia. So I was asking these soldiers, that, why is it that these soldiers are into diamond mining, taxi business and other? You know what he said? He said, because they don't want to die any foolish death. <laughs> you are going to fight. You are going to fight with rebels to die a foolish death. May you never die a foolish death to go and fight a foolish fight between rebels and peacekeepers and other foolish things. Then, in the end, rather go and do diamond mining, get a taxi, run the taxi, and be blessed in the system. And don't go and die any foolish death in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout and a clap offering. Stand to your feet. Amen. Father, we thank you for your blessing tonight. Thank you for your mercies, your glory. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed and transformed by this camp. To get the most of it, you will need to listen to it over and over again. Make sure you listen to all the other camps in the Machinere. Don't forget to stop by our website at www.daguardmills.org. Here you can download other messages, videos, and find out about all the books and other resources available by Dag Heward Mills. 
May God bless you and your ministry.